Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk Life podcast, episode five. Uh, today, I am here with my theater pal, Sharon. Sharon and I are in company, the musical right now. It runs this weekend at the Henderson Theater in Lincroft. Sharon is playing Joanne, who is a very critical and cold but very funny character. And she does an incredible job at it. Her acting skills are phenomenal. So definitely try to come out to see it if you can. Um, I've been wanting to have her on the podcast for a while because she is very wise and has a lot of wonderful things that she can share with us. So Sharon, if you'd like to introduce yourself and just talk a little bit about what you are about. Hi, Bethany, and thank you so much for having me on uh, your podcast, Let's Talk Life. I'm really proud of you for starting this, and I really hope that everyone comes this weekend because it's a really wonderful show, and Bethany is playing Sarah, and she does just a wonderful job with that. Thank you. <laughs> and really, really talented cast, really proud to be a part of that. Um, well, let's see. Um, some I'll first talk about some of the modalities that I do and then kind of how that happened and then hopefully give some tips, you know, to your uh, listeners. And if you have any questions, just feel free to, you know, chime on in. Um, well, first and foremost, I, I am a licensed social worker, a functional wellness coach, um, a Reiki master. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. A grief and trauma specialist. Um an EFT practitioner, which is really becoming um, a hot topic, and, and really it's, it's gaining a lot of awareness, and it's doing a lot of good. Its uh, other name is tapping, not tap dancing, and mm-hmm. um, but I know you do that too. Yes, <laughs> um, yes, I, I do acupressure, and um, and I lead up uh, guided meditations and um, guided imagery a little shamanic healing and all of that kind of stuff. And I know that sounds like a whole hodgepodge, but it, it kind of was, um, it, what happened was with my own journey, um, I was diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease, which um, a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, um, interconnect it with IBS. But unfortunately, inflammatory bowel disease is an autoimmune uh, disease, which can be very ser- serious and severe, and it has more in common with, um, like, MS and um, lupus and those kind of things. We take the same drugs as they do. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it came out really harsh and hard in 1990, and um, but then in 1992, I had a big surgery, went away, was living my life, got married, had two kids, and then it kind of really wreaked havoc with my life in 2011. And um, I have a lot of time on my hands. I, I, it's actually really hard for me even to think this because um, double Ds and those two, but, you know, de- denial and disassociation are, like, some of my best friends. But from 2011 to 2016, I basically was in a hospital bed 50 to 65% of the year. And when I wasn't, I was home with um, a feeding tube and, and all those crazy things. So I wow. had a lot of time with my hands to study, yeah, and it really helped. And also I wanted to study this because I was trying to, you know, along with, you know, the Western meds and the surgeries, just trying to find different ways to at least feel 2% better or 1% better, even for an hour. So I started just incorporating. 
celebrating these things. And, um, and then I kind of been having a really good year, so I'm really happy with that. And I just was like, you know what, I love that, you know, the sharing is caring and, you know, you don't lose anything with sharing. You just kind of, it's a win-win situation. So I just started, um, you know, giving these tools and just really, you know, uh, anywhere that I can. I, I do Reiki at the Cancer Center at Robert Wood Johnson and, and do acupressure and all kinds of things, aromatherapy with hospice patients. And, and then I, you know, go all over wellness centers and try to spread a little and sprinkle a little goodness around. So that's kind of how that came to be. Mm. Wow. <laughs> with my journey. And you're yeah. here, and that's all that matters is that you are here. That's all that matters. And, that, and I love that you said that because that's really all that is there. And there's a, um, you know, a Buddhist saying, and I'm, I don't, you know, hold to anything I say. I'm everything and nothing. You know, I, I, I'm part of all religions and no religions. But it's mm-hmm. a really interesting Buddhist saying, which it says, if you live in the past, that's where that depression comes in or those mm-hmm. sad feelings. And if you live in the future, that's where all those, you know, anxiety feelings come in or worry or fear. But really, that's all there is, is the here and now and just kind of staying in that here and now. And that's a really large part of mindfulness, um, meditation and awareness. And it's also very true, but it's also a part of, um, I, I believe, a CBT and DBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and, and those kind of therapies that help with um depression and anxiety to kind of just ground yourself in the here and now wow (laughs) i i find that so interesting because it's funny that you mentioned like the buddhist quote because i i actually started looking into buddhism about a year ago and it is just such a peaceful way of life and i really like that Uh quote i'm gonna ask you for that quote later (laughs) rehearsal absolutely um i have a couple questions for you though if you don't mind So, um, how do you think self-care and spirituality go hand in hand? Oh, that's a a great question. And uh, I I have, you know, I have a knee-jerk immediate reaction. And this, um, because I used to do this a lot, and I used to get really, and we all do it, we all do it. Um, We can't really pour from an empty cup. Right. Mm. So when we're empty, we're just like, and that spirituality of, you know, just kind of digging deeper and that, you know, even that giving and compassion, a large part of spirituality is that compassion for others. And we have, we can't forget that compassion for ourselves. Right. And that's a large piece of that too. But if we are just like, you know, I'm giving and trying to be this really giving kind, um, loving kindness, compassionate person, but I'm, not really taking care of myself we kind of the tank runs dry right right and you know we have to refill our cup so if we see that self-care is not an act of selfishness like oh i'm going for a massage and i'm going for my penny mani and i'm going for this and the i i i it's really a way of replenishing our spirit or however you do it i like mani petties but i like other things too but whatever kind of self-care um, you know, I take a bath, I just got out of my bath, I take a bath every day, I light my candles, and it doesn't have to be expensive, it could just be, you know, just breathing, you know, doing three deep cleansing breaths and just recharging a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really interesting because um, when I say recharging, 
we would never let, you know, oh my God, you know, low battery, 10%, it's on red, I have to charge my phone, where's the charger, where's the charger? Yeah. <laughs> and we don't let our phones get drained, but we let ourselves get drained. And we have to allow ourselves to see that little, you know, on, I know on my iPhone it says low battery. And then we say, oh gosh, we got to find a charger. And we have to find our personal, what that feels like, low battery. And then we have to recharge ourselves, whether that low battery is, oh, I'm getting a stomachache, or I'm getting a headache, or I feel really lethargic, or I feel very anxious. Then we know, okay, that's my low battery sign, and I need to do something to recharge myself. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) No, it does. Absolutely. We live in a society right now where everything is go, go, go. And if we take Uh five minutes for ourselves, we feel like we are, we could be doing something else that's more productive, you know? So like we, a lot of, you know, people my age group, the millennials, a lot of us feel guilty to call out of work, even if we're extremely sick, because we feel like we owe, we owe more to other people, I guess, than we do ourselves. And, like, of course, it's good to be, you know, a a good giving person, caring. But, like you said, you need, you can't let yourself get drained. You need to take time for yourself, and that's okay. That's completely Uh okay. I'm going to get my mani-pedi tomorrow, mostly for the the show, because I want... You're getting blue, right? Yeah, I'm getting navy blue to match my my jumpsuit. My jumpsuit. Love it, love it. Yeah. Come see the show. I'm so excited for this show. <laughs> I really am too. Sorry, we're totally plugging the show in this. Oh, we are. We are. But it's oh, so much fun. Okay. So you actually, you, this is your first show after 22 years. What is that like? Um, well, <laughs> you know, I'm happy you're touching upon this because, and I know we spoke a little bit in the dressing room and Bethany is <laughs> such a doll um, because I, 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 yeah, and this is not going to be a surprise when, you know, we post this on my IBD journeys, people see this, but and I'm, I'm totally um, very, uh, what is it, trans- transparent with, you know, my health on social media, but I don't have a large intestine, so, so what happens with that is the large intestine's primary role is to reabsorb the water back in your body. Okay, and the kidneys help with that too, but now my kidneys have to do double the work, right? And um, when you don't have a large intestine, you have to go a lot. So that also, you know, you're losing a lot of electrolytes, you're losing a lot of water. Um, and girl, and you are dancing, you're dancing your feet off well, up there. Yeah, yeah, we have to, and, and there has a point with this with the 22 years. So I'm coming back after 22 years, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did a little, um, you know, one act here and there staged readings from the theater company but this was like the full-blown shivinga banga and you know to no fault of anyone you know it just happens to fall right in the hot one of the hottest and short summers that we've had in new jersey and it was (laughs) it was really challenging it was challenging on my body and i remember one um uh, I'm not gonna call anyone out, but I come with my, you know, blue and white cooler, and I'm sure I look like Joanne. You know, Joanne is a, a little bit of an alcoholic in the show, um, but I'm not. <laughs> but just just a so, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit, but I come with my blue and white cooler, and it's filled with water. It's filled with coconut water. It's filled with unsure. It's filled with electrolyte water. It's filled with Gatorade. It's filled with, and you know, 
I'm just in between. I'm just sitting. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. Oh, yeah. And when I and when I need a break, you know, and it's like okay, five minute, well, two minute break. You know, it's just I just take that moment to just kind of breathe, and I'm and I'll teach you some of those breathings and relaxing my tongue, and yeah. it kind of just re-energizes, and I know what I needed to do, and somehow by the grace of the universe, God, whatever you want to call, I use God, but I see universe for those who are not partial to that, I've plugged through it, so I'm yeah. really got to win, it's like whether people, you know, we have a full audience, small audience, whatever, it's, I'm already, I've already won, you know, so it's kind of like, it was a battle against my body, you know, this summer, but it's of like it was hot I conquered that bottle it was yeah, really yeah. really I mean, hot for, you know those with the colons and, and I'm sure you can attest to that so for me um it has just been such a pleasure to wake up um some days very nauseated to work through that to say okay I have to take x y and z off my plate you know and I have to just you know really you know lay down in bed until rehearsal time and I right. really have to be kind to myself and you know my family my kids you know my husband they've all been so supportive because you know some days I'm like I can't cook tonight you <laughs> know I just can't you know oh, and those are yeah. the choices and it sucks you know and it, it really does suck but you know it was such a tremendous wonderful exhilarating experience and um one that I'll really cherish um it's, it's not over yet <laughs> I know <laughs> Nothing, but, yeah. You know, it, it, it goes back to that self-care and to know when, you know, you really, you really need to sit down. I Absolutely. think I did sit down at one rehearsal. It was the one where it was like 102. That was, you know, I was like, I think I need to Which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying. <laughs> She's not lying there. This is the truth. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so, um, any more questions? Because I would love to share, you know, a little bit tips, but I, I love your question. So you do music therapy, don't you? I do, I do, and it's um, it's one, you know, and I'm I'm old, so I no, you're I, not. I, oh yeah. Oh no. A long time. Yeah, and and you know, it was just you know, you start out, and we all have our you know how we come out so to speak, of, you know, it was probably like six years old, and, oh, she has a voice. Thanks for your grandmother. Here, yep. go quarter. Go, go get a candy bar. You know, the candy bars were a quarter in those days. And then it became about, oh, you know, the Annie's, the Sound of Music, and that, <laughs> and this, that, the other, getting the applause. And, you know, and then I, I did. I got really sick in 1990, and, and that just kind of it shifted things for me. And I just kind of went away from it. And when I came back to music again, which was probably very, very recently, um, about a few years ago, when I was doing my internship at Caring Hospice of Central New Jersey, and they were like, oh, we're doing a memorial service. And I was like, oh, I could do a song. And then, you know, you sing, and then you know how it is, Bethany. You're so like, oh, you can sing, sing. Bethany has a beautiful voice. Uh, you. And, you know, and, and people think, okay, you're a singer, but then you are a singer. So then they started saying, hey, would you like to sing for hospice patients? And it just became such a different experience that it's one of my favorite things to do. I, I put, love yeah, that. they put me on the dementia unit where people have oh, wow. been catatonic and just so out of touch with, um, 
you know, the here and the now, as we talk about, and I can sing songs that are from their generation, just, you know, it had to be you, yeah. and all of a sudden, in that part of their brain, they just start remembering lyrics, Aww. and they just start remembering all the lyrics, and then tears are flowing on both <laughs> sides, and I just say, and I always have said, the dying has taught me how to live, because it really is in those moments and you talk about the millennials and and not only the millennials but just 2019 and how things can be really fast the to-do list can go on and on but when you're working with hospice it's a different it's a different pace everything starts to slow down you know and you start to just kind of say wow we know life is precious but we can really see that and feel that in that environment so yeah so you know it's music therapy but I'm getting therapy out of it as well. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's really I, yeah. I'm, I'm an empath, which is inc- oh. which is incredibly draining, like super oh. draining. But yes. my mom and I have been chatting about this a lot lately because my mom's been a nurse for over 30 years. She worked in the hospital wow. in Red Bank for 30 years, pl- oh. 30 plus years. And she recently, I guess in April, she just got a job working at a senior living facility. So it's not, or assisted assisted living facility. So it's not a nursing home. It's assisted living. It's like apartments where they can come and go Mm -hmm. as they please. You know, they come and go as they please, but also she's there as the nurse in case they need something. So she has a dementia unit and she's always, and even not even the dementia patients, but like all of them, like they're just, a lot of them are very, very old. They're like 97. 98 and my mom tells me every day she's like it's so so sad to see them deteriorate but she goes I've gotten so much out of it and she's taught me just telling me these stories it's taught me that you know I think about every day that I want children more than anything on the face of the planet and I'm young still I'm young still but at the same time she tells me that these these women are like 97 and their daughters are like 80 and she's like imagine having an 80 year old daughter and I'm like yeah I'm like I my mom's like that's so beautiful like you get so much time with your kids and it makes me reflect it It makes me reflect and like I do plan on having kids relatively young I mean I I'm kind of past the young parenting stage now it's kind of like starting to be you know a normal a normal thing when you're like 25 but I mean yeah, but I mean, like, it's it's normal at, like, 25, 26 to start having children. That's completely normal. So, you know, but I always think at the end of the day, when I reach 98, 99, God willing, you know, if I reach that, the only person that's going to reflect back on my choices I made is myself. That's it. Yeah. And I've learned that through my mom, my mom and I having these talks about these people. And it's really sad. Like, she loves them to pieces. She really does. She's like, oh, they tell me about, you know, like, the 20s and the 30s. (laughs) It's so cute. Oh. It's cute. And I told her, I was like, I want to go sing for them. (laughs) Oh, you'll meet her tomorrow. She's going to the show. (laughs) She would probably love to chat with you. Yeah, but... I think I, I think I was at that Red Bank Hospital, too. Yeah. That was, that was recently, yeah. Music, yeah. music is um, powerful. That's It's cute that yeah. you mentioned that, like, they start remembering and, you know... Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure thing, they do. And, you know, it, it's really interesting because within this, you know, hospice setting and, you know, they have 
you know, the music, uh, therapy, but they also are incorporating. And now I'm seeing that happening in hospitals, the pet therapy, the Reiki, the aromatherapy, the mindfulness meditation. And it's not becoming such like a hokey thing. It's becoming more incorporated and integrated into the healthcare system, which I think that is just the way to go, where it's not just like, oh, do you take Western medicine or Eastern medicine? Well, why does it have to be a choice? Why can't they complement each other? You know, somebody says to me, oh, I take, um, and this is a big, you know, um, autoimmune drug or Humira or Solara, and, well, I'm doing something else. I'm like, is it working for you? Okay. (laughs) then, I'm happy, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be the choice, you know, and, and it shouldn't have to be because everyone's health journey will have different pieces of the puzzle to complete that puzzle for what works for you and what works for me, what works for your mother, you know what I mean? Right. And we're all going to have different pieces. So not, that's individuality and that's individualized care actually too. But talking about that, um, it kind of segues. And yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about that because um, so I'm a teacher, and in our school nice. that I've been working in, um, student teaching, we do on Fridays mindfulness. We do for about five mm-hmm. minutes every Friday morning. They, you know, you just you just meditate for a little bit, and they say that you know that helps with focus and you know starting your day, clearing your head. And I don't really know if my kids are really doing it because they're like 11 and 12 years old, but I do it and my fellow co-teachers are doing it and I've noticed that it definitely, it really helps. Like you're just clearing your head for a little bit. So before you have like a big day, you know, and I wanted to talk about that. So what is, can you talk a little bit about meditation and Reiki and what it, like, what does it do? Okay. Um, well, I'll talk about Reiki first, then we'll get into uh, meditation, but honestly, I feel that we, we are all, I mean, we're energy beings, right? I mean, carbohydrates are energy, we're filled with energy, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed, um, so all of these things are energy-based, whether it's Reiki, whether it's a meditation, whether it's even, you know, crystal healing. You know, crystals hold a certain type of hertz, which is the HZ, the, you know, um, energy, yeah, the energetic measurement. So it's, um, you know, the, or people say color therapy, which is on that electromagnetic spectrum, you know, so all this has like some physics, science-based, you know, to it. But, and they all have some connection to it. I'm sure you've heard of chakras yep. and all these Oh, I things. know all about um, that. Oh, yeah, that's good, that's good. But Reiki, um, well, Reiki came about, it was developed, I guess, um, in the 1920s, actually, in Japan. Oh. Um, by Mikao, yeah, by Mikao Asui. And uh, that's our, you know, big uh, teacher there. And it's, it's, um, it's kind of like we all have that, you know, we all have that chi or that energy within us. But with Reiki, you're kind of, it's a lineage. So you, you know, you get passed down like an attunement. Of, and there's different types of attunements and symbols in order to awaken that chi within that person, 
that healing, you know, energy so you can become a conduit to hopefully help the person, you know, in right. front of you. Or, you know, cats, dogs, I have done Reiki on my cats, any Um, Or you could charge up your food, you could charge up the drink, you know, just, you know, giving it some Reiki energy. Um, it's, it, it's kind of like a hands-on or a hands-off. You don't have to have your hands on the person. I am a hands-on person, but I ask before I touch. Um, and it's energy healing. It's basically, it's like this universal energy, which is transferred through the palms of a practitioner who has had an attunement to your client. And it, it in order to kind of encourage that emotional, spiritual, uh, physical healing. And it kind of is like Reiki goes where it needs to go. And, and you don't have to believe in it, you know, to receive it. Um, I think that's be- and, 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 I think that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, and you know, I have had some really great, great, great um, feedback from it because I do Reiki at the Robert Wood Johnson Cancer Center in Somerville at the Steeplechase Cancer Center. Are they still Robert Wood Johnson? Yes. <laughs> I know a lot of people are hacking back and ready now. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but they're, they're really incorporating these things in. Is it, um, you know, taking away someone's, you know, cancer completely? I have not had that experience yet. But I do know that um, one woman came to me. She was in active chemo treatment. She said she had a sinus headache for about two straight years. Oh. Did some Reiki on her, did some reflexology the next day, and this was about two and a half years ago. Her name's Liz. She, she's never had a sinus headache again. Wow. I don't know. You know, and then people could say, well, what if it's just, you know, placebo? Maybe she's just thinking that, well, you know what? What if it is placebo? She feels better. I love yeah. when people try to say, well, it's a pseudoscience. It's not really, you know, it's placebo. Did, did it make the person feel better? Yeah. Oh, there you go. And a lot of these drug trials, and, um, you know, when I talk about drug trials, the pharma drug trials, a lot of people are getting the placebo. <laughs> you know, and they feel better because, you know, they're having the pill. They don't, they think they're getting the pill, but they feel better. Hey, did it make you feel better? Great. I just want people feeling good. Right. You know? <laughs> but um, that's Reiki. With the um, mindfulness meditation, um, <clears throat> That has so many studies on it now, you know, proven. I think there was the big, big one, I believe, uh, the, the Harvard study, where everybody's like, okay, this is, you know, so that, so that has more um, solid, I guess, based evidence there, um, where they hook people up with the EEGs on their head, and, and they can kind of see when they're in that meditative state to see what's going on with their brain waves, those theta, delta, beta, and all those, and gamma. And um, so meditation is just really becoming aware of that here and now, just slowing down things. Um, it's also like de, what do they call that? Like uh-huh. desensitizing, I guess, yourself, like getting like sensory deprivation. Yes. And also becoming aware of of everything like mm-hmm. right now even talking to you when I said slowing down I'm like oh I wasn't aware I could actually hear a bird chirping outside my window yeah 
and the cars going by over there, you know. And it's we have so much, um, especially in this time, you know, day and age, where you know we have the little, you know, the cell phones and the bring, 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 and oh, I gotta, I gotta answer that text right away, and I have yeah. to answer the email, and I have to answer that, and it's kind of like it's like that song, right? That song gives me PTSD. Bobby, Bobby, you know, yeah, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, we're on. And um, but just slowing it down, you start going a little bit deeper, and you start becoming aware, you know, of of, of of things around you that you weren't aware of, and just being in that here and now, and right. then just kind of there's a, a a lovely thing with meditation is what I love is the body scan where you're kind of just you know let's get in touch with your body. How is your body feeling? How how are your hands feeling? How you know oh your right knee is kind of not feeling too good today. Just be aware of it and, you know, just be curious about it. Um, you can shift your position. You can, you know, just kind of like be on a raft and let thoughts come and let them go. I think the hardest thing when people say, oh, my God, it's so hard to meditate is because you're trying to empty the mind. And it's like, don't do that. You know, just be aware of it. Accept yeah. it. And a large part of meditation is acceptance. You have a laundry list going in your mind. Okay, notice it. Be curious about it. And then just let it go, like like if you're on a raft in a river. But when we're like, I gotta really try to just empty my mind, then we're getting, then we're worrying and, and fearing that we're, we have fear that we're not meditating the right way, right? So there is no right way and there is no wrong way. There is just being. And if you're just being, that's just enough, you know, for your meditation. Right. I hope that made sense. No, absolutely. <laughs> but um, I was gonna, <clears throat> I was gonna ask now, how does meditation nourish the mind and the body? Because mm. those are two, that, those are yeah. two completely separate things, mental and physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Yes and no, and I'm glad you brought that up too. <laughs> um, the, the the mental and physical um, are they separate things? I really don't think that they are separate because we're finding out more and more how much they work together. That's true. Um, this um, I don't know. The, the new thing is, and I know a lot about guts, you know, because uh, you know I hardly have any, but that second brain or that they're calling the gut the second brain because a large portion of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So right. it's almost like when you say, oh, I have a stomachache and then I don't feel well because I'm getting nervous. It's, it's so intertwined, our physical and our mental. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you're seeing people who are, you know, diagnosed with depression, anxiety, where they're like, you know what, maybe try uh, taking gluten out, or maybe try seeing, you know, get allergy testing. Maybe there's something that you're actually having food allergy that is affecting those um, neurotoxins, you know, where it's, you know, they're interrelated. Um, but yeah, there's so many different um, benefits with physical benefits um, directly of meditation, I would say, just an overall improved health. 
um, less physical stress in the body, increased immunity, which is great. Um, we all need a boost of that, especially we're going, if you talk about being in the schools, I know teachers are prone, you know, to get every little oh. thing that the kids are bringing in. Always sick. Um, Always. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hand sanitizer, wiping down the desks, yeah. tissues. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's horrible. Especially in, like, February. My kids all had the flu. Like, I had so many kids out with the flu February, March. I was sick, too. I didn't have the flu, but I had strep for, like, a week. It was so bad. Like, it was such a bad outbreak. And then they also, like, they also, like, kind of make the kids come to school because they can only miss, like, a certain amount of days, and even doctor's notes don't cut it. It's just, it's, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, schools are good. germ but, pits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some and some of the you know emotional and the mental you know benefits are increase of confidence, increase of you know even that less fear, more courageous, um, more positivity, more just an inner serenity, having a sharper mind, having a more you know just even sometimes people are feeling more positive or or more organized. You know, yeah. and your intuition goes up real. It's sort of like a lot, which is great. Because, you know, you'll, you'll know that <clears throat> a lot of times when I was just saying, it was two weeks ago in a meditation class, I was leading up, and a lot of, you know, a lot of times it's a group of women there. And just knowing when we say, no, I'll do that, no, I'll do that, yeah. When does yes really mean yes? And no means no, and no is a complete sentence. And it's okay to say no. Oh, absolutely. You know, just, um, yeah, right? And listening to our own intuitions of knowing when enough is enough. We have enough on our plate. That's it. Can't do anymore. I'm not feeling guilty about it. That's so oh, guilt is a right. huge thing. <laughs> That's a huge thing yeah. in and of itself. I'm always stressed out. Mm-hmm. I'm always stressed oh. out. Uh, I wanted to share um, a couple of tips that yeah. um, your listeners can take away. Uh, hopefully, and um, this is called the four seven eight breathing technique, and it's a pattern that was developed by Dr. Andrew Weil. And Dr. Andrew Weil, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he uh, he owns, he runs this you know uh, naturopathic medical school in Arizona, but he actually is a trained medical doctor as well. So he really yeah. has been. I know uh-huh. all about this. I actually took Isn't a great? I took a yoga I took a yoga course in in college and I knew I know all about this. Four seven eight breathing. I know all about oh, him. Love it. Yep, I love it. Keep going, please. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Love him, love him. He looks like Santa. And I got the human <laughs> person. So I'm like Did you really? He's, he's just, yeah, and he's just as lovely, you know, and I really liked him because he was like, you know what? If you needed Advil, take an Advil, you know. And I just love that because he's really integrating the two. You yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes you need an Advil. I think one of our, um, I think it was Jack yesterday, he was like, I need an Advil, I have a headache. And then I also was like, give me your hand. And I did a little acupuncture point, you know, on his LI4, which is between the thumb and the index finger. And I just put some pressure. I said, you know, I put some pressure on it. And you took the Advil. So we don't really know baseline what's going to happen, you know, if it was for that. But, hey, you got a little extra, you I'm know, pretty sure. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm pretty sure that he also does his own videos, right? Like walkthroughs of 
how to do, you know, your own, med- how to do beginner meditation at home. I, b- mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, I remember studying about him. He's wonderful. Yeah. If you, he is really wonderful. yeah, if you're interested in looking him up, Andrew it's mm-hmm. Andrew Weil. Yep. W-E-I-L. And this breathing technique was based on that, uh, like an ancient yogic technique that you mentioned, which is called pranayama. Yes. And it kind of just helps practitioners to gain control over their breathing. Because it really does start and end with the breath. And when I say that, I do mean the life cycle too, you know. Um, so the four, seven, eight is you're breathing in through four, you're holding for seven, you're breathing out through eight. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, you just want to let all the breath out. So you're just... And you let it out with a whistle through your mouth. You just let all of the breath out. And when you take a breath in, you're going to take the breath in through your nose. Before, and then you're going to hold. And then you release through the mouth. And he recommends this. And I just actually feel a lot calmer just doing that. It, it's weird how the breath can shift things for us. Yeah. But it's, I know, right? And um, he recommends this just starting four breaths or working up to four breaths twice a day, morning and night. Because really, you don't want to keep doing this. Because you can, you know, sometimes, what I say is, sometimes too much is too much. Fatigue. Like more is not more. Inducing fatigue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's um, it's a really great, you know, technique if you want to. I mean, if you want to do, you can gradually work your way up to eight full breaths. But I would only suggest that if you wanted to create a deeper sense of relaxation, if you wanted to help yourself fall asleep. So I would recommend that at night. But if you're just kind of feeling a little fatigued during the day, you could just probably do this, you know, one to three times and really kind of, you know, shift gears. Right. I love that one, the 478 breathing. I remember Another, doing that yeah, in college. You I, do? Yeah, I took that. I took a yoga course in college. And nice. it was a great class. I think it was, it was about 12 girls in the class. And my instructor actually teaches in Shrewsbury at Blue, Mo- Blue Moon Yoga Studio. I've been Uh meaning to get in for a class or something. This is years ago that I took this. But the whole class was so interested in spirituality that we all just ended up talking all the time about, like, past life regressions and, like, ghost stories. Oh, it was awesome. Like, the supernatural. Oh, we, we got so into it. And I remember doing the breathing. And it helped so much. And I used to do it all the time. And then I, like, kind of... I guess I just kind of like stopped and I, I got too overwhelmed with doing things that I forgot all about what I'd learned and uh, I don't know. I need to get yeah. back into it. And, and, and that's where you have to just sit and that's okay too because you had a, you know, other things going on. But you know, um, my meditation teacher has been meditating, gosh, come on now. It's really old. Gosh, it must be over maybe 50 years, you know. Um, and, and was trained by Maharishi, you know, with the transcendental meditation. But how he says it and how, you know, Maharishi said it was, when you go into a pool and you jump into a pool, you still get wet. Mm-hmm. 
right? Oh, of course. You still get wet. So, but that, that's only like, like what, a minute, 30 seconds. So don't ever think, oh, if I just meditate for a minute, you know, I won't get the benefits if I'm not meditating for that 10 to 15 minutes. Not true. Even if you do one minute, you're gaining that benefit from the minute. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like thinking of it as, even if I jump into the pool and I only could give a minute or two to my, you know, self-care and getting back into it, that's still a minute or two of investment into your health, right. you know? Right. And penny, and penny that up. Penny that up. They do. They really do. So I have one last, yeah. I have one last question to ask you. Uh-huh. Um... What would you say the first step is of letting go of the things weighing you down? Mm, non attachment. <laughs> that's a huge, uh, that's huge. And that's also a Buddhist principle is um, not, be, not being attached. And I know when we talk yeah. about attachment, it's like, oh, yeah, what? but I'm not talking about actual things. I might be talking about, you know, relationships or, or oh, my, my boyfriend just you know, dumped me, and I'm just, you know, I, I gotta hold on to it, let it go. Isn't that that thing, too? If you love something, let it go. Right. Back, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, it's true, it's just that non attachment. Because the things that are weighing us down are just things that we just have too much of that attachment to. And not right. saying, oh, what, I'm gonna be a detached individual. There's a fine line. You know, it's not like, okay, we gotta live in this world here. But it's Given without that expectation of getting something in return and, you know, that non-attachment to the outcome. So I'm going to, you know, do this, but, you know, I have no um, attachment to how people are going to say, think, feel, or do. Right. Does that make, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah? No, absolutely. So letting go is basically letting go, you know? Yeah. And, um, it, you know... That's what I mean. It's so weird. There was um this uh, and not not holding on to something too tightly. I was trying to um you know when you wear one of those thin uh, gold chains and and you know I was cleaning out my jewelry box and I'm trying to like untangle the chain, untangle the chain, and you know I'm getting more frustrated and and it's getting tighter and tighter. And then when I let go a little bit and gave it some space and gave it some room and gave it some breathing room, that's when those, you know, little knots started to unravel a little bit more. So that's kind of like how life is. You know, the more we hold on to it, the more dense it's going to be, the more we give it that breathing space, that's when we're all going to just, you know, feel lighter and feel like, okay, I had a backpack of rocks on my back and now... I let some of those out. And wow, I didn't even realize how heavy they were and how much that was weighing me down, you know? That's a great analogy, too, with the with the chain. <laughs> the, the, that's, that's great. And I always have people, you know, I tell them all that, you know, I have people, like friends or family members or whatnot, that when they come to me for advice about, you know, well, what do I do? And then they don't want to hear it about, you know, when I tell them about, I tell them nicely, of course, you know, the whole letting go thing. And uh-huh. when they're always like, oh, but I can't, it's not easy. I'm like, well, I never said it was going to be easy. I just said it wasn't impossible. Right. So. And, and, and you do realize when I think I wore the shirt the other day, and I love this, when I, when you look at words and the roots of words, 
impossible. You just it's just an apostrophe away from impossible. Right. Right. It's just how we do things. It's kind of like seeing you know, when they had that little uh, picture where one way you look at it you feel like an old lady, one way you look oh, at it. Oh yeah, the um girl. illusions. And it's just different viewpoints. Optical <laughs> optical illusions. Life is like just exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly a great way of exactly. putting seeing it. something seeing something we could see something as wow this person you know and using this analogy you know just this person broke my heart this is the most horrible thing wait a second i'm going to reframe that this optical illusion but this is actually maybe the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah you you right yeah absolutely yeah. i know we're coming down to to the 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 umpteenth uh, minute here, but I just want to share one last tip, and hopefully you can, um, I'll send the literature on this too, but if you ever find yourself in a state of duress, um, in a pinch, you can't go somewhere, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to go meditate now, and, and you feel those uncomfortable feelings coming up, relax your tongue, just let your tongue relax, fall to the bottom of your mouth. It is a short circuit not a long circuit, a short circuit to disrupt that fight, flight, or freeze stress response. So how it does that is the tongue is connected to the hypoglossal nerve, which is connected to the amygdala. The amygdala controls that reptilian part of the brain with the stress response. So when you start feeling, maybe it's traffic, oh my God, I'm supposed to be there. Oh my God, we are actually supposed to be there at five. And you know, oh my God, I didn't realize there was so much, you know, Garden State Parkway traffic, relax your tongue. It just, because it's those cortisol, those adrenalines, we don't need those at that time. You know, cortisol over and over is going to cause that inflammation in the body, and that's not going to cause anything good for you. (laughs) You know, so just relax the tongue. I know we can't do that all the time, but it's a a nice tip, you know, in a pinch when you feel those worry or fear or I've actually you know, seen before, right. I've seen things on Facebook and social media that say, relax your jaw, mm-hmm. re- relax your forehead, and relax your shoulders. And you don't realize when you're doing it, you're like, oh my gosh, I was so tense. Like, yeah, all the yeah, time. I my shoulders were not relaxed, and they were all tensed up. Yeah, like, especially my forehead, I'll notice, too. Like, I'll relax my forehead, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's where I'm holding a lot of my tension, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, thank well, you so, so much. This lovely. is such a great, <laughs> such a great conversation, I think. I, hope so. I, I took so. a lot, and, I took a lot out of it. Um, we can, we can always continue this privately tonight at rehearsal. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> While we're waiting to go I mean, on. Side by side. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, see you tonight and thank you so much and thank you for, um, all the listeners listening yeah. in. I hope that they got something out of this. Yes. And, um, and hope to stay find you, uh, well and if not, as well as we can be. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening.